Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, joined by my co-host, Harley Schultz. Harley, how it goes, man? I banged my knee today, but otherwise pretty good. You banged your knee? I bet there's a lot of people that banged their heads yesterday watching some of those games. Well, anyone that watched Thursday night's game got to watch Baker Mayfield bang his head Yeah, he liked against it. his like teammates' helmets. He did that. Al Michaels called him out on that the last time he was in Carolina. I think he says that's one way to get put in the concussion protocol without even playing or something like that. Anyway, um, well, like the uh, fine folks uh, in the band Quiet Riot sang in the eighties. Yep, bang your head. Mental health will drive you mad, though. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Betting the Raiders will drive you mad. Um, <coughs> Trusting the Raiders will drive you mad. <laughs> that's true too. My wife in her <coughs> in her um, office football pool. The Raiders are like her kryptonite. She she picks them to, and they don't have to do spread. It's just straight up who, whoever wins. She picks them to win, they lose. She picks them to lose, they win. And, of course, she had picked them to win this past weekend. And when she saw what was happening, she probably went in the other room and banged her head while I watched the end of the game, quite honestly. <laughs> so, in any yeah, event, hopefully— Ra- Raiders are Raiders not reliable. No, not at all. Um, like whatever that was, it crashed to the floor. <laughs> Uh, right. That is the the wonderful head banging of a cat against a desk drawer here. There you go. <laughs> um, hey, you know what? It's we're we're going to talk week fifteen. You know what week fifteen used to be? That used to be the second round of the playoffs. That used to be championship week. What are you talking about? <laughs> Remember, that's no, way too championship. No buys, right? Sixteen game schedule. Week fifteen was championship week. And I know, and more sooner than that, it used to be the <coughs> the semis before you'd actually play in the in the finals, right? Yes. Yeah, I've been around too long, I guess. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. Um, we are going to round out our positional top twelves, two early top twelves, talking tight ends tonight, and then we have a slight bonus for our listeners. We're going to give them a double dose or a second helping of daily DFS. We're going to do a Saturday the nice slate. folks at uh, DraftKings have decided to put up a Saturday slate uh, for both this week and next week. Uh, FanDuel has told me that they will be doing a Saturday slate. However, they have not yet posted the players' availability. So you can actually can find the salaries for Sunday players on FanDuel, but not Saturday players. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, but anyway, we're going to give them double, <coughs> a double dose, a, an extra helping, whatever you want, of both DFS for Saturday and a Sunday slate. But before any of that can happen, um, we've got to talk a little bit about Scott Fishbowl. Um, you're going to make the cut, right? It looks like it. You're in, uh, you're, I'm going to inch by, despite my bye weeks for both Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery. Uh, made it through another week. Got to feel good about uh, that. Obviously, not, not as good as, you, as you're doing. No, I'm I'm very happy. I'm thinking that somebody moved a dec- <coughs> decimal point or something in my scores because I think I'm sitting at 24th going into the Monday night game. Um, 
but it's about to get tight next week, week after. It's, 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 the, the field's going to narrow quite quickly. I was going to say, there's going to be a quick chop coming next week. Yep, and I'm sure my team will crap the bed at the worst possible time for me, but we'll see what happens. Um, Jalen Hurts has been my savior. Justin Fields was off this week. I started Gino at least. He, he had a pretty, you know, eh, but he, he still salvaged almost a 20-point game, so I can't complain. Um, hopefully I play the right one between Gino and Justin going forward with Hurts, though, because it's going to be hard to bench Hurts. There's no way you do that, right? Yeah, and this week you'll have a tough decision, I think, with uh, Fields. But, uh, I mean, yeah, between him and Gino, you're, you're, one of the two is going to get you 15 points. Yeah, so that's what I've got to keep my eye on because I want to see where that cut's going to be to hit the top 30. From 500, it's going to get paired down to 30. So I may have to look at, do I risk Fields if I think he's going to have, if his floor is possibly lower type thing? or That's something that I think you have to do in a, a tournament like this. You have to look at what your expected points are, both on the ceiling and on the floor, and then make the best decisions that you can. And unfortunately, too, a lot of us in, in this type of tournament – we don't have many options to decide between, at least for like when you're talking running back three or wide receiver three, four, or five, something like that. You're kind of stuck with what you have at this point, right? Yeah, it was really tight for wide receivers this week with so many teams on by. Uh, I do have one guy going tonight, and that's Greg Dortch, who I picked up uh, two weeks ago. I lost Darnell Mooney as my third wide receiver. Uh, I had planned on playing Devontae Parker this week uh, tonight because of uh, the absence of Jacoby Myers. Yeah. But I thought that uh, Greg Dortch might be a safer floor play with Rondale Moore out tonight. I've actually got a lot of both Dortch and uh, Mr. Parker, as well as Nelson Aguilar, too, going in showdown games tonight on DFS as well. Yeah. Well, listen, here's what we're going to do. Hopefully (coughs) next week when we get back at it, we can talk about what we're doing in the next round, and we're both in that top 30. But until then, I'm going to throw it over to Harley for this week's Blitz Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Russell Wilson suffered a vicious concussion in last week's start against the Chiefs. When asked his condition following the game, Wilson responded, Yes, Chef. Five minutes to the pass. (laughs) Mike White proved his toughness this weekend, getting absolutely destroyed early in the game, only to return to the game later. That said, the hit was so severe that following the game, White was taken directly from the stadium via ambulance to a local hospital. It appears that White will be able to play this coming week. Plus, White now knows that should he end up losing his job in the football world, he will have a job post-football in the WWE because no one has sold a spear like that ever. (laughs) Debo Samuel suffered a high ankle sprain and an MCL sprain last week. Head coach Kyle Shanahan has stated that Debo will return at some point this year, but it's not certain if it'll be before the postseason. With this announcement from Shanahan, and considering Samuel's injury history, we can safely predict that Samuel will next play football in the year 2026. (laughs) Head coach Dan Sellen has announced that Andy Dalton will remain the Saints starting quarterback for at least the coming week 15. Upon hearing the news, Elvin Kamara asked the coach if he should even bother suiting up this week. Ellen replied, sure, why not? But you know what? Even without Mark Ingram, you still won't get more than 10 touches. (laughs) And finally, DJ Moore was held without a catch 
and left Sunday's contest with an ankle injury. The BPN News team pulled his fancy owners today and found out that most of them were happy that Moore was injured because now they didn't feel the need to consider starting him. <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update. I didn't know what you were going to say, but that's exactly where I thought you were going with that one. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes when a guy's injured, that you feel like it's just hard to sit him and make that decision easy, right? Um, Kyle. Yeah, if you get these guys with the names. I mean, obviously earlier this season, those Kyle Pitts are a situation yep. where it's like you, you can't sit him because he's Kyle Pitts, and you, you, you've got this draft capital invested in him. Yep. But at least now he's hurt, and you don't have to be the one responsible for making that decision. And guess what? The only time I didn't start him this year was when I couldn't start him this year. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And you know what? It's a perfect segue. I was going to talk about another player or two, but no need. You brought up Kyle Pitts. We're going to rank our top 12, too early top 12 at the tight end position for next year. So let's just get at it. Set the well, I figured you might uh, like that little segue there. And yeah. Again, I have a strange feeling we might hear Kyle Pitts' name mentioned here. Maybe. People might, throw, might bang their head if we say I'm too high. Who knows? All right. Set the over-under over on total matches. Uh, we are going to have 10 matches. 10 of 12. Okay. And how many in the same exact spot? Five. Oh, five. I've got to take the... 10 going to push. I'm going to take the under on the 10 and the under on the 5. I'm going under and under this week. Okay. But let's go ahead and just get number one out the way. I know I'm, I don't even have to ask you. I've got Kelsey at one. I'm sure you do too. I'm just going to I'll say one and two. It's Kelsey and Andrews still. Kelsey is the easy number one. Yep. Uh, Andrews has been down a little bit this year. The last six weeks in particular, he's really kind of struggled. Uh, but it's less that he's been struggling and more that uh, the offense as a whole has been struggling. Uh, he'll be back next year as number two. I, I feel it's pretty safe, even if Lamar Jackson isn't back there. I would agree. Uh, I have Kelsey Andrews. There's my one, too. And at number three, I'm just going to say it right now. He's probably too high. I don't care. I have Kyle Pitts at number three. That probably is uh, a right play there. Uh, I can... Again, if this was the dynasty league we're talking about, obviously I would say Kyle Pitts, but the rankings that we are using for these are based on redraft PPR. Uh, I have Kyle Pitts at four, so we weren't too far apart. I think that obviously they'll have a new quarterback. In fact, we'll get to see uh, Atlanta's rookie quarterback start this coming week, so it'll be interesting to see how he performs. Now, all signs point to him being a bit of a shaky accuracy quarterback, but he does have legs, and if he's moving around in the pocket – he might find himself in some spots, you know, kind of like Patrick Mahomes, where if the receivers keep moving, he might look for someone to dump the ball off to while he's moving around the pocket. So Pitts at three certainly isn't a horrible play. I chose Pitts at four. My number three is a guy who's currently on IR but designated to return. Got you actually probably like a lot being a Philadelphia Eagle fan. That's Dallas Goddard. Um, I do like Goddard. I don't have him, of course, in my top three. I don't have him in my top four. I do have him at five. Um, I have Goddard at five. At number four, I have TJ Hawkinson. And here's the thought process I used on this. Um, in Philadelphia, you have A.J. Brown's mouth to feed. You have Devontae Smith's mouth to feed. You have Miles Sanders, or the running game's mouth to feed. You have Jalen Hurts' legs to feed. So while Goddard is an important piece, I felt that there was less mouths to feed in Minnesota that 
that's what defaulted me to Hawk being a little bit above him. Well, it's interesting you say because I've got Hawk in set number five. And, and your arguments do hold a little bit of water, except for what we saw earlier in the season was that uh, Goddard was actually the number two target there in their offense. And Devonta Smith really didn't come on until uh, Goddard got hurt. I know he did have a couple of decent games earlier in the season when A.J. Brown was limited. But I think that Goddard is still the quote-unquote number two there uh, this coming season. And I've got Hawkinson at five. Uh, because I'm actually, I, I had kind of that same argument against Hawkinson in that obviously JJ will be the number one target, another number one option there. Uh, Adam Thielen should be back once again. His contract goes through next season. And they've got the uh, third year man, KJ Osborne, who's looked very, very good out of the slot this year. So Hawkinson is at best the third option here, too. See, I, I see Thielen is fading and Hawk supplanting him. I see, I see it more like JJ's 1A and 1B. And then you have two with Hawk, and then Thielen comes in three. Thielen just feels like he's somebody who's going to be pretty TD-dependent and stuff going forward. But I, I get it. Trust me. We know the difference between a number three tight end and a number 12 tight end is not all that big in fantasy football. Okay, and we are watching football tonight on Monday Night Football. I've got the Manning cast on right now. And for, for those that don't realize, that's when we record. I'm currently watching as Kyler Murray is writhing on the ground in pain. So if... Uh, if you're a Kyler Murray owner, it didn't make the news this week, but there could be a severe injury involved here. Uh, he was running, scrambling from the pocket, and he kind of misplanted what looks like his right foot, ended up going down non-contact, no. and uh, we'll see what the result is as we continue on with the broadcast today, with the podcast today. Good description, because I actually had the game playing behind me. So as you said that, I turned around to see it and just happened to see the, the replay as it was playing. And you're right, it was non-contact, and that plant didn't look good. So he's still down from the looks of it. Um, okay, so we've got the top five taken care of, right? Your Kelsey, yes. your Andrews, your Goddard, your Pitts, your Hawkinson to my Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Hawk, Goddard. So we got the top five the same, just in slightly different order. Who do you have at number six? Well, we may or may not match at six, or I'm not sure. I'm going to go with a guy on a good offense uh, where he's also probably the number three option in the passing game, and that's Dalton Schultz. Not a match. Um, I, I can't say that I'm sour on Schultz. I probably should have him a little bit higher. Um, let's see, five, six, seven, eight. I have Schultz at nine. And again, remember, I said I think it's splitting hairs with the difference from three to 12 even, right? Um, oh, yeah. At six, I've got a guy who has missed a little bit of time. I think that he kind of had a coming out party. And I look at it like this. He should have a very good quarterback for next year. And we'll have the offseason to work together, etc. Um, but I have David Njoku at six. I thought that's where you might be going. He was actually my number seven. Oh, there you go. Can't complain with that. Who do you have? Your, your statement on, on, on Njoku's uh, status with the fact that he'll have a full offseason working with Deshaun Watson yes. is pretty much exactly thing. He looked good last week in the connection there. We knew that Watson liked to throw to the tight end position from his time in Houston. Uh, so, again, uh, and, and, and Joku isn't – I mean, it seems like he's been around forever. He's not that old. No. Uh, so even from a dynasty standpoint, he's got value. But, yeah, he's he's my seven. He's your six. I, I could certainly see going either way there. Okay, so let's see. So we have my top six, and we have your top six, and we have your number seven. So my number seven is a guy. I was really – this one was tough. I see a crap ton of talent, 
we know he could wind up, he could be a top three tight end. But the offense scares me. The quarterback situation scares me. But for some reason, I, I had to keep the ability, and I kept George Kittle at number seven. You know, I also had a hard time ranking Mr. Kittle here. Okay, I, we are giving an update here. Kyler Murray is being loaded onto a cart. He's got a towel placed over his head, and he looks to be in a lot of pain. Uh, this doesn't look good for his chances of playing again today and probably not for the rest of the season, which could be a huge death knell to the Arizona Cardinals offense, which will now go back to Colt McCoy as their quarterback, at least for the uh, short-term future. Yeah, that's tough to see. Um, well, hopefully it's nothing super bad and it just hurts right now and it's it's not season-ending or career-threatening, but that was tough to look at. I wouldn't be surprised if that was ACL or, or Achilles, possibly. Well, getting back to the tight ends here, uh, for me, uh, again, I said I had Njoku number seven at number eight. I've got a youngster uh, who has... Uh, he came into the season with a lot of hope for uh, be being a success. And then his quarterback was just brutally awful the first four weeks of the season until the offense finally figured out what in the hell they were doing. And then this tight end started to perform well as the quarterback started to get more comfortable. And that's Cole Komet. Hey, we got a match. I have Komet at eight. A lot of the same reasons. Um, there's still some risk with how does fields progress in, in his next year and et cetera, but there's enough upside there. I I felt like maybe should I have put him in front of Kittle? You clearly did. Um, but I thought that was a good safe spot for him. He'll wind up being a value for somebody in drafts next year. Okay, at number nine, I also went young. A guy who has performed solidly all season despite uh, switching off between quarterbacks at the helm for his team, and that's Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, Fryermuth at nine, you said, right? So, yes. So at number nine, I said, did I say I had Dalton Schultz at number nine? I just said I didn't have more. You had him, I believe, right? Um, yes. I have Dalton Schultz at nine. So I do have Fryermuth in my top 12. Um, I have him at 11. So as I said, I had Schultz at nine. That means I have number 10 in front of him is a guy who I just think is maybe starting to show out and and – hit on what everybody expected him to be a couple of years ago. He's got a solid, solid head coach that's not going anywhere. He's got an up-and-coming quarterback. I actually have Evan Ingram at, at number 10. Interesting. Going into the old man Ingram at 10, I, I thought about it. He's actually up to uh, 10 and 5 on the season thanks to that huge performance yeah. this past week. Uh, I did not put him in my top 12. I certainly don't have a problem with him being in top 12. Uh, at number 10 for me, I went with another youngster. Uh, who is playing on a team where he's one of the few reliable options in the passing game right now. And, and his quarterback is actually a good quarterback who's just been playing like crap this season. Uh, the guy I'm going with the 10 is Greg Dolchich, who's looked very, very good uh, so far uh, since he's got the opportunity to start in Denver. So you have Dolchich at 10. Um, yes. Now I can't, I can't really <coughs> sweat that very much. Um, I told you I had, um, let's see. Schultz at nine, Ingram at ten. I have Fryermuth at a, at eleven. I said that right. Yep. And then I have Dolchich at twelve. Oh. So I think we're both of the of the expectation that he's going to take another step forward next season. Yep. And uh, assumedly, Russell Wilson is certainly on the downside of his career. 
I don't think Russell Wilson is as bad as we've seen Russell Wilson this season. I think a lot of that falls on the shoulders of, or on, on the unready shoulders of Nathaniel Hackett, who should be out of a job any week now. Yeah, I would agree on that. Um, so for what it's worth, that might be a little why I was afraid to push him up a little bit. Um, same with Fryermuth. I just I'm not sold on the quarterback situation or the offensive line situation. It just seems like they're missing an identity, but he's shown enough that he belongs in the top twelve, right? Um, so I guess that leaves you one more guy, and I'm guessing you have George Kittle at twelve. I actually know George Kittle's my eleven. Oh, he's your eleven. Uh, and again, I wanted to rank him higher, but for the reasons you listed, a lot of quarterback question marks there. Uh, I don't believe Kittle has played a game with Trey Lance as his quarterback yet in the NFL. So we we don't know if Trey Lance is going to come back and be anything good. It'll be now pretty much uh, nearly three years uh, that he's gone while playing very few snaps in in, in any professional or collegiate football situation, at least. That's a long time. and, and Kittle's getting a little long in the tooth, too. I mean, Kittle's a great tight end. Obviously, he's been that quote-unquote third tight end when you talk about uh, tight ends to choose week, uh, from a year-to-year basis. But this year, I've gone falling all the way to 11. Uh, just too many question marks there. I do have my number 12 that I haven't listed yet. There's another guy who's hurt right now. I think he's got one more season that he can bank on. Uh, now, of course, his skills this coming season – may be affected by the injury to Kyler Murray that we just saw on the on the TV here today, and that's Zach Ertz. If Zach Ertz comes back, plays one more season uh, in Arizona, I think he's going to be a solid performer. He was actually a top three tight end before getting hurt this season. Uh, I definitely think he makes the top 12 next season. So Ertz was a guy that I looked at, and I just feel like the you know when you start hitting that age, when you start pushing in your mid-30s and you have injuries – it's easy and quick to fall off. And, and that was kind of what shied me away from him and why I went with more younger youth in front of him, basically. And, and it's funny that, you know, you're sitting there calling Ingram and Kittle old. Um, Ingram's currently 28. <laughs> Kittle's 29. They'll each be 29 and 30 next year during the season. So They both seem so old. Yeah. Kind of like Njoku. Njoku seems old, too. I know he really isn't. but uh, and, and Joku at least seems younger than those two. <laughs> Well, I believe he is. Um, I will tell you how old he is if you give me two seconds here. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember watching uh, Evan Ingram coming up with the Giants. And, uh, I mean, I remember uh, he had a couple of good seasons there before kind of tailing off. And, then, of course, obviously now he's in Jacksonville. And, uh, I mean, everyone's favorite tight end to root for down in Jacksonville was Dan Arnold. Obviously, he uh, has been a no-show this season, which has allowed Evan Ingram to be successful. Yeah, and Joku is twenty. Crap! See, I looked at it. Change page. No, <laughs> he is twenty six. He'll be twenty seven next year. He turns twenty seven in July. Um, but all three of those guys seem, seem like they've been playing forever, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, but it's because their names are forefront and they're right there. And you know. Anyway, so there you go. So my top twelve: Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Hawkinson, Goddard, and Joku, Kittle, Komet, Schultz, Ingram, Fryermuth, and Dolchich. Um, the only person my top 12 are I was gonna say the only person Kelsey, I had that you didn't have was Evan Ingram, and then your top 12 is Kelsey, Andrews, Goddard, Pitts, Hawkinson, Schultz, and Joku, Komet, Fryermuth, Dolchich, Kittle, and Ertz. And we matched on 11 of 12, and 
the over hit, so I lost on that one. But we only had three in the exact right spot, so the under hit on that one. So there we go. Vegas wins. Vegas wins. Vegas Vegas always wins. They do. Unless they're the Raiders, then that's a different story. (laughs) Depends on how big their lead is going into the second half. Um, All right, let's go to the DFS. Payups, stayaways, and value plays. Um, for the Saturday slate, go ahead and set. You want to set the over under on each set, or do you want to do a, a total accumulated number? Uh, well, I've got a total number of thirteen. Okay. Uh, do you want to set? I'll, I'll say the I'll say the individual slate number uh, if you want to. I've got eight on Saturday and five on Sunday. Mm-mm. Feeling feisty. I'm going to take the over on. The overall thirteen. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the over on on the eight too for Saturday. Okay. So we have a small little um, technical glitch that will preclude me from being able to look at prices um, since GarageBand funked out on us a little earlier and we were able to recover. I'm afraid that if I stop looking at GarageBand, it'll funk out and we won't know it and we'll lose all the content that we record for the next half hour or so. So I do have my players listed. I just don't have numbers to reference. So you can keep me straight when we get to that. How's that? We'll do. All right, quarterback. Who are you paying up for on the Saturday slate at quarterback? I, I had a hard time at the pay up here, even on a small slate like this, because I, I don't particularly love any of the high-priced quarterback options on this slate. Uh, so in that case, I just kind of went with the, what made the most sense, which is paying up for the highest-priced guy, and that's Josh Allen versus Miami. I think he's the safest play among the high-placed guys on the slate. He did throw for 400 yards and two touchdowns against Miami earlier this year. And although Allen's been in a bit of a slump over the last month and a half, he's still getting it done with his legs, which I think will help him achieve some value. I'm not counting on three times value on DraftKings. Uh, he might approach it on DraftKings, and I certainly don't expect that to be the case. Uh, we don't have the price tags for FanDuel yet, but... FanDuel is always a little bit higher priced than DraftKings. I certainly don't expect him to reach three times value on FanDuel. Uh, again, just hope that if you play him, hope you get double, uh, two and a half times value out of him. And uh, I mean, there's there's money to be spent elsewhere except for at wide receiver. So uh, just go there. <laughs> I, I look at it this way. I mean, Justin Herbert just threw for 361 and one and got sacked four times, right? Those four yep. sacks probably turn into 35 or 45 rushing yards. Um and I'm going to bank on multiple TDs. So, yeah, I'm paying up for Josh Allen, too. Okay. The stay away was a little bit easier for me. Uh, one of the players – I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm discounting Lamar Jackson because we don't know his injury status yet for the game. Agree. I'm guessing he's not going to play. It sounds like uh, – Same. They might – well, the walls would be without Tyler Huntley, which means they're going to go to Malcolm X Brown again for his uh, – I believe it's got to be his first career start. Uh, not, I said Malcolm X Brown. Anthony X Brown. <laughs> Yeah, Malcolm Brown was the former Rams running back, but uh, uh, no, the guy I'm staying away from is Deshaun Watson versus Baltimore. Uh, over their last nine games, Baltimore has allowed nine passing touchdowns in nine games. Now, early this season, Baltimore was awful against the pass. Uh, they've gotten much, much better. Uh, of those nine passing touchdowns, three of those came in one game. So that means in their in eight of their last nine games. They've allowed only six total passing touchdowns. That's not a good sign for a quarterback who's still shaking the rust off. 
Yeah, so uh, we don't match there. Um, my stay away was, I thought, rather easy. I went with the guy who struggled this week. Um, I think that the team that he's playing's defense is playing inspired ball, or should I say, inspiring ball. Um, I, I'm staying away from Tua. I mean, wasn't he like two for eleven at one point last night? And uh, it was pretty rotten at the beginning. Yeah, well, rotten at the beginning. He, if he was two for eleven, he only finished ten for twenty-eight. So you're talking he went eight for seventeen the rest of the way. That's nothing to write home about oh, either. I mean, I was gonna say that, that felt like a huge improvement from the way it started. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's in Buffalo, right? Um, Buffalo yes, owes and them. We know that there's snow heading from the west right now. Yeah, it's uh, just, may or may not be. Uh, in, in in Buffalo come Sunday, but uh, we are expecting a major snowstorm to hit the Midwest uh, tonight and going into tomorrow. Uh, that snow should be in the Northeast uh, by Thursday at the latest. So, okay. And, and you know what? That just all plays right in the hands of Buffalo. It does not impact Josh Allen at all because you know he could be a hoss and just run as much as he wants. Um, but yeah, I got to stay away from Tua because of that. Not saying he can't yep. put up a good game. Can't. Not saying he can't do three hundred and three. I just the odds of it seem a lot less than likely than him. You know, just quickly coming, turning around, going on the, back on the road. Um, you know, he's coming off one of his worst performances of the year easily. Um, but anyway, value play. I could tell you. I wanted to write in Tyler Huntley, but, but we can't. And there's no way I'm putting Brown in, in place of Huntley. Just not, I can't do it. His name's not Brock Purdy, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I literally know nothing about Anthony Brown. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know this. Other than his middle initial is X. There you go. It's X, and he's the, <laughs> the third quarterback on, on the Ravens. So my, my value play is your stay away. It's risky. It's Deshaun Watson. I don't think many people will be on him. He's at home. It's, he's had a couple of games now. I just I f- just feel like it, it, he's due for a big game, even though it's looked rough so far. Yeah, uh, my value play I thought was going to be – I thought this would be an easy match for us here. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan at Minnesota. No way. No way. Uh-uh. Can't do it. <laughs> no, I, I can't trust hey. Matt. I, I'm sorry. I, I meant to say that. It, Matt should be the one. That, that absolutely should be the no-brainer. But, I mean, did you see the last time he was on the field in the fourth quarter? Uh, I think that whole team had kind of given up at that point in that game. So it, it, as bad as it was, I do, mean, it just it felt like do you, do you, a bit of a comedy of errors. So let's let's say that he gets out the gate slow after coming off of a bye, and he throws an interception or a two or has a fump. Like, do you trust that Saturday leaves him in for the to go, or does if he does he give him a quick yank if something doesn't go right? That's why I, I can't do Matt Ryan right now. Well. If for whatever reason Ryan does get pulled from there, and you know maybe put a lineup together with uh, with uh, Sam Ellinger in it too. But uh, here's the stat: over the last three games, the Vikings defense has allowed a total of 1,081 passing yards. Seven of the last eight quarterbacks to face Minnesota have thrown for over 300 yards. Uh, in these last three games, where they've given up nearly 1,100 passing yards. The quarterbacks were. Mac Jones, Mike White, and Jared Goff. None of those three is decidedly better than Matt Ryan. And I would argue that Jared Goff is the only one of those three 
with weapons on par with Matt Ryan's weapons. I was going to say, my God, the, the golf slander. What did he do to you? Did he steal your Christmas gift before you got oh, it? No, like, I love golf. He helped me win some money this weekend. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Um, all right. So, yeah, I would have thought we would have had more than one match coming out of the quarterback spot, and that makes it over tough now. Um, who are you paying up for at the running back spot? Uh, I'm going to stand that same game. I'm going to go with Delvin Cook on the ground versus Indianapolis, 6,900 on DraftKings. In the last two games, Indianapolis has allowed 389 total yards and five total touchdowns to opposing running backs. We have a match. Um, I know people may say, may find it hard to play Cook coming off of the week that he just had, but the matchup is too juicy. Yeah, and I mean, obviously because we're choosing him as our pay-up quarterback, that means odds are that we'd be staying away from one of the two or higher-priced options. Uh, I'm going to stay away from Nick Chubb against Baltimore. Yep. Uh, in their last six games, Baltimore has allowed only three total touchdowns to opposing running backs. And, and realistically, you know, Chubb is being more involved in the passing game this season than previous seasons, but he's still not a reliable pass-catching option, though they still have Kareem Hunt. He still worked into that role. Uh, and so, again, I'm not, certainly not paying the highest price on the board for Chubb. You may be forced to use him in some lineups, but uh, it, it's just not a great matchup. Yeah, no. So here's my problem. First of all, we match. Um, but as I kept looking at it going, he's coming off a really bad game. And backs like Chubb don't usually have back-to-back bad games. We saw Derrick Henry have a couple back-to-back bad games, right? And it happens. Yep. And, if I'm, and if I'm sitting here thinking that they're going to take advantage through the air and, and need to put some points on the board and Deshaun Watson's going to have his coming out Cleveland party, then it makes sense that Chubb's going to be a little limited. So, And then when you factor in that price range, I mean, price point, yeah, I, he's to stay away from me. Yeah, I, th- I think that of the two higher priced higher guy, than Delvin Cook guys, him and Taylor, I think that Taylor's got a safer floor this week uh, because he's also involved in the passing game. Yeah. So who's your value play? Guarantee we're going to match here. Uh, it's got to be J.K. Dobbins at Cleveland. Yep. Dobbins looked slower than before in his first game back uh, from the injury, but he still showed some real grind busting through the middle of the line. So, you know what? I think he's he's ready. He appears to be mostly healed. Cleveland ranks near the bottom in every single rushing category. Yep. Uh, Dobbins is also used in the passing game, so he's not going to be excluded in that role. So. Well, Easy value at fifty two hundred bucks. I, I think he's one of the best plays overall this weekend. If you play a combined slate of Saturday and Sunday too. Yeah, I agree. He's the guy I have too. Um, very hard for us normally to match here. Maybe not on a short slate, but in addition to that, the fact that they're going to have a guy with a middle initial of X as their starting quarterback probably means they try to feed the ball a little bit more. Now that in inversely could mean that well they're just going to stack the box and make some guy with the middle initial of X try to beat them through the air. Um, but I think Baltimore still want, finds a way to pound that rock. And, you know, 15 for 120 and a, t- and a, and a tutty's not bad coming back. And then he's got to be licking his chops seeing the Cleveland Browns on the schedule. Yeah. Um, let's slide over to the wide receiver position. Let's do it. And uh, basically, uh, before I give you my pay to play, I am going to apologize to the rest of the people here in Minnesota for telling people not to play Justin Jefferson last week. <laughs> uh, that made me look really, really dumb. Uh, obviously, they didn't uh, use the same strategy of having uh, him be shouted by Jeff Okuda the entire game. And 
Kevin O'Connell made them pay by feeding the ball to Jefferson on crosses and on sweeps. Yeah. Pretty much he's getting the ball in Jefferson's hands any way possible. And Jefferson went out and had a career day for him and also the greatest receiving yardage performance in Minnesota Viking history, you, Minnesota Viking regular season history. Do you, but do you know anybody that recommended they play him last week? No. <laughs> oh, come on. I set you up. Softball. He was my pay-to-play buddy. I know, I know. That's why I was saying that. <laughs> okay, okay. Who's your uh, But because of that, I, I've got to go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to pay up for him this week. Uh, uh, chasing points, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I looked at him. I don't love the matchup. Um, do we know? Indianapolis is actually pretty good against the pass. But they, they are. What, the, the few, they faced a few like true alpha wide receiver ones this season, and they've all hit against Indianapolis. Uh, most of the damage they've done has been against teams like Houston that – don't have a true alpha. Uh, where I mean, well, uh, Tennessee they faced. I mean, who? I mean, Traylon Burks. I mean, really? Uh, um, uh, those guys have been held in check. It's 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 guys like Jefferson, who have been the few that have succeeded against Indianapolis. And uh, again, I, I I can't imagine like dissing Jefferson two weeks in a row, particularly again on a short slate. Well, I mean, they held A.J. Brown to five for 60. The, the big question I have is, is Kenny Moore going to be back? Yeah, oh, good point. No no, Kenny Moore. I've got no problem playing Justin Jefferson. Kenny Moore is back, and, and he's full strength. Then i got a few questions. Um, but I'll never fault anybody for wanting to play J.J. Um, as you know, I had him as my payup against Jeff Okuda last week. Um, no, my payup this week is I'm stacking. I'm stacking my payups. It's Stefan Diggs. I, I don't mind that one. Uh I, I I did say I I looked at Stefan Diggs' history against Miami, and his numbers have always kind of been like middling against them. Yeah. But again, without going back and actually watching the tape, it's hard to tell if it was a product of game script, if it was a product of what the score was. I mean, Miami's defense may have been better, may have been worse historically. But again, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pay for Stefan Diggs in a lot of lineups, but. He, he wasn't my first choice to, to make my pay up, obviously. Um, I, I'm uh, going to go ahead and roll right into my stay away. Who isn't Stefan Diggs, by the way? Uh, my stay away is going to be in that game, though, and that's Jalen Waddell. Uh, Waddell has really struggled the last three weeks, which ironically, or not ironically, I should say, is coinciding with the three weeks that Tua Tungabailoa has also struggled. Yep. And now Miami's facing a Buffalo team that hasn't allowed a passing touchdown in the two games since Tredavious White returned from his injury. Now, will, will Tua throw a touchdown pass to either Waddle or Hill this week? Probably. And they're two elite wide receivers. Uh, but if I'm going to choose one, I'm going to choose the one that's been a little bit more successful lately. Now, obviously, if Tyreek Hill, uh, he did leave the game Sunday with, a, with an injury, came back and burst past the, the defense for another long touchdown. So... Uh, apparently that injury wasn't too severe, but if this, if the injury pops up again during the week and if Hill is limited or uh, for whatever reason might end up out for this game, then obviously Waddle would be in line to probably catch a touchdown pass this week. But without that, I don't love the matchup and I don't love the trend with him right now. So we match. Um, here's how I looked at it. Basically the same one. You know, I don't love to it in this game, right? So yep. then I look at the way Waddle is performed of late and i'm like oh, that's not a good sign and if i am going to 
roll the dice on one of those two wide receivers, it's going to be the guy that's got the biggest playability in, in the league and Cheetah. So that made Waddle the easy stay away from me. And by the way, I think Stefan Diggs is one of the better chip-on-their-shoulder players in rematches and stuff like that. Maybe it's just something that's in my mind. He went 7-for-74 earlier this season against Buffalo. Um, I think we see him do at least that and add at least a touchdown. So, anyway. So here's the last four, last four games for Stephon Diggs against Miami, by the way. The 7-74 and 0, which you mentioned. Uh, last year is a 5-40 and 1 and a 4-60 and 1. And then 2020... Uh, he missed one to two games, but he did have a 776 in the other game. So over those four games, he's averaged six catches, 63 yards, and half of a touchdown. Uh, again, not horrible numbers by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not sure that's $8,100 numbers, though. Uh, you know what that is? That's called the floor. I think that he's due. We'll see. Maybe he, he definitely is due. Yeah, so we'll see. All right, who do you have as your value play? Uh, depending on your strategy this week at Value Play, we may actually match here. There was one guy whose price, uh, I, he normally, I don't think we'd consider this a value price, but compared to the other people on the list, I think the price is just kind of obnoxiously low. And that's Michael Pittman Jr. at 5,800 on DraftKings. So close. Uh, when I first looked at that, I was like, is, is this really, is, it, is this correct price? Is this a misprint? It's Pittman versus the Vikings. Yes, please give me all of that. So how much is Alec Pierce? Uh, Alec Pierce is thirty nine hundred. Paris Campbell is forty four hundred. Uh, I would not fault you starting either. In fact, again, if you can bite the bullet and take that trust that either Ryan or uh, if it has to be Sam Ellinger gets a chance to, to play against this Viking defense, uh, those guys are going to be just fine. So that's how I looked at this. I, since I did not have the faith to go Matt Ryan, I still want to get some of this game in, right? I went with Alec, yep. I went with Alec Pierce. I think he's I hope he's due, but I think that he is in a great position to put up easily three times points in that game. Yeah, again, 3900 3, on DraftKings. I, I assume his price tag on FanDuel is going to be closer to like 57 5800. Yeah. Uh, but I would like that. I mean Paris Campbell 4400 on DraftKings. I, I see him probably right around 6000 on FanDuel and and Pittman like I said 5800. Uh that's Almost half of Jefferson's price. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We were, but we had the same thought process. So Pittman, Pierce, indie wide receivers of value play this week. Um, Again, you, you've got a good, you've got a good statement there. Thinking that's like, well, say you want to pay up for Josh Allen. Say you do want to put one of the big running backs in your lineup. That's how you can get a little bit cheaper and still get exposure to that game and the rotten Viking secondary. Yep. All right, we've got five, which means we need to run the table at tight end just to get a push on this side. Who are you paying? Up I don't for? think we're going to do this, and we probably won't. Who are you paying up for at the tight end spot? Uh, I'm going to pay up for the third highest price guy on the board. Uh, we both talked about him during the tight end segment, today, and that's David Njoku versus Baltimore. In his first game with Deshaun Watson, Njoku finished with seven catches for 59 yards and a touchdown. Eight different tight ends this season have reached double-digit PPR points against Baltimore's defense. That's been obviously one of their, their weakest points uh, from a defensive uh, against standpoint. Obviously, we talked a little bit about their passing game being better on the defensive side, but that's really been shutting down outside wide receivers as well as shutting down running game. Uh, someone's going to score for Cleveland. I like David Njoku to score this week again. So the first name I wrote down was Andrews, and then I crossed him right off because there's no way I'm trusting Andrews to an X. 
The next name I wrote down that I almost stayed with was TJ Hawkinson. And you know my love affair for Njoku. I feel mm-hmm. dirty saying he's my payup at his price, but we matched. He's the third highest priced guy in DraftKings. I know, but he's like $1,600. Um, <laughs> 4200 4, but yeah. exaggerating. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we match. I, I did go lower for a payup, which I don't normally do. So, But I will say this. I still think Hawk has a fantastic matchup. Well, then you might not be happy with my stay away. Uh, I've listed both Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson as my stayaways this week. <laughs> well, I listed Andrews, and you said Andrews first, so I'm taking a match. <laughs> okay. Andrews on, on his own is averaging three catches for 37 yards with zero scores over his last six games. That's, our, that's that good. And that's our number that's two certainly tight end not for next year. Number two tight end. <laughs> good. And Hawkinson, uh, I like Hawkinson. I think he's, he's obviously done good since the Vikings have acquired him. But Indianapolis has allowed one tight end to score since back in week five. And that was also the only tight end to reach double-digit PPR points against them during that span. Can you tell me what, uh, what Jeff Akuda allowed to JJ prior to last week? Uh, the whole bunch, yeah. Okay. Uh, prior to last week, prior to last week, he had given up a total of six catches for 98 yards in two starts. Uh, I'll make sure. <laughs> I'll make sure I hold you to a hawk apology next week. Okay. Oh, I, I'll be happy to. I'd, I'd love to see it. Because, I'm sure you uh, would. All right, who are you paying up for as your value play? Uh, well, I am kind of paying up for my value play, too. Uh, uh, it said David Njoku, who is the third highest-priced guy on DraftKings, is, is my pay-to-play. Uh, the fourth-highest-priced guy on DraftKings is Dawson Knox. He is my value play. He's actually $300 cheaper than Njoku, uh, but he's only 3900 which I still consider a fair value for a tight end. Again, both of these guys will be right around 6000 on FanDuel, so not quite as great a value there. But uh, uh, Dawson Knox, you know, Miami has struggled with the tight end position all season. I believe coming into this week, they're 28th in the league against the tight end position in terms of points allowed. Uh, Knox just scored last week. And again, if there is uh, any weather concerns in Buffalo this weekend, then you have to assume that the tight end position will probably be targeted a little bit more frequently. I really thought we would match here. I really did. I guess I went as, I went deep like I thought you would. Um, I had double-checked, make sure he's not injured. I know he was injured, but I've, everything sounds like he's practicing again and should be fine. I went with Jelani Woods. Got a fantastic I, I, I really thought about Jelani Woods, actually. So no, no, no discomfort at all there. It was close to a match. He was on my short radar. So we finished with seven, um, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep, seven. And, and quarterback, I would say, is the one who killed us because so oft, more often than not, we're two of three or three of three at quarterback. So, um, and I, I will say this in regard to Jelani Woods. Yep, uh, he looked really, really great three weeks ago uh, in the chance to start when Kylan Granson was out with an illness, and then two weeks ago, Kylan Granson kind of stole the thunder early on in the game before. Uh, Jelani had a couple of catches uh, for uh, sizable gains like late in the second half, but he was really not utilized at all early on in the game. I think he had like eight snaps played in the first half. Coach, coach uh, commented on that. Ago. Coach commented on that and said it was due to like game script or something along those lines. I think coming off of a bye, they look at look at themselves, and that's something that they figure out that this guy is somebody that we can trust to make plays, and they find ways to make sure that doesn't happen again. Honestly. 
Well, he, he's a physical beast, uh, and that's what we like to see at this high-end position. I definitely like him. Yep. Again, 2700 on DraftKings, that, that's a really juicy price. I think he's going to be about 4600 on FanDuel, which I would definitely consider a value there. Uh, anytime you get a tight end below 5000 on FanDuel, and he's actually got a chance to do something, he's a great option to go with. I, I think that's a great play. Yep. All right, let's head over to the main slate. Um, so we match seven. We've got an over of 13, so we need six. But six is also going to give us the over on the five. Um, I don't know if I said if I was taking the over or under, but at this point I've got to believe in myself, and I'm just going to say I'm going to take the over. How's that? Okay. All right. Start us off at quarterback. Who are you paying up for? Well, I, I really uh, I thought about going with the highest-priced guy, Jalen Hurts, against Chicago. Uh, but I decided not to. I'm very concerned about the weather conditions in Chicago. I'm sorry, uh, weather conditions uh, – in Chicago this weekend, and the price tag was a little bit high for my justification. Yep. Uh, we also could see that game just be a heavy run game with Miles Sanders. Uh, I ended up going down the price range just a tad. Justin Herbert versus Tennessee, seventy two hundred on DraftKings, eighty three hundred on FanDuel. It saved me uh, nearly two grand off the price of uh, off the price of Hertz, which I, I really like. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, one thousand off the price of Hertz on DraftKings, and. Uh, uh, 700 off the price of Hertz in FanDuel's pricing. And uh, he's at home. All of his weapons are finally healthy. They're facing yep. a team that is elite against run and awful against it's the pass, pass, which just tells me it's like he's going to have to throw the ball in this game for them to move the ball. Since I'm watching GarageBand, I can't go look at my stats to, to verify. I use like shorthand to give myself notes, and then I reference and I go, okay, that's, I know what I'm talking about. I believe Herbert has... He's facing the team that's given up the second most points to fantasy quarterbacks. We do have a match. That is my play. He looked, he put up a great, great numbers against Miami. He does have all his weapons back. Um, Mike Williams made a couple great grabs. Keenan Allen looks good. Uh, I think he's a no-brainer payup, honestly. Uh, uh, which kind of rolls me into the stay away. And your Scott Fishbowl team is not going to be happy about my stay away, which is Justin Fields. Uh, uh, the, the Justin Fields feel-good story, it's starting to take a turn for the worse right now. Uh, Eagles really have not faced any rushing quarterback like Fields this season, nope. but their defense gets to practice against a rushing quarterback every single day yep. in Jalen Hurts. Uh, so I at least feel that they'll be comfortable uh, coming up with a strategy to kind of slow Fields down. Uh, Fields is shorthanded at wide receiver right now with uh, the injury to Darnell Mooney taking him out for the season. Uh, Chase Claypool left their last game with an injury. Obviously, they've had a week for him to get healthy, so uh, odds are he'll probably be back out there this week. But again, that that team is still short-handed there at the wide receiver position, uh, and you still have to look at the fact that even though they're coming off a bye, Fields is still playing with a separated shoulder. So, um, the first name I wrote down was Kyler, and I had another name I wrote down, and it was Fields, and I crossed Fields out. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, since we're watching this game, and there's no way Kyler's playing this week. I, I seriously doubt it. Right. I mean, he's got a horrible matchup. It's they, He's facing a team that's given up the fewest points to the fantasy quarterback position. If you'll allow it, I'm going to take the guy I scratched out, Fields, and make him my stay away, which gives us a match. I, I have no problem with that. And again, uh, for what it's worth, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the second highest priced guy on DraftKings at 8100, 100 below Hertz. And he's $100 higher than Hertz at 9100 on on the FanDuel site. 
Now, they're facing Houston, and you're thinking, well, Houston sucks, so maybe Mahomes will be worth it here. Yeah. There's a good chance that Mahomes only plays half of the game here. So yeah, uh, you're hoping maybe he gets a couple touchdowns and like 250 before uh, he's out and Chad Henney is in the game. Very, very possible. That's, that feels like a trap, honestly. Uh, yes. We, we may be able to match at, at value play because of how I played this, but who are you paying up for as your value play? <laughs> Oh man, I, I had a hard time on as this. As did year. I. As did I. I I kind of wanted to do Desmond Ritter just to like have some fun and be a total degenerate because I want to see what sort of rushing yardage he picks up for me. But I just kept going down the list. I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. Oh God, I really don't like this. Um, I thought about Jeff Driscoll uh, again. They're basically doing collegiate format quarterback with Houston this past week, having him and Davis Mills alternate series is uh, Driscoll's uh, obviously was the one that threw the touchdown pass this past week, but I just kept going. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go with the guy that we're watching tonight on Monday night football. Mac Jones He's $5,000 okay. on DraftKings. That's tied to the lowest price on DraftKings. 6,700. There's only uh, seven guys uh, who are going to be, I'm sorry, eight guys starting below him on FanDuel this week. Uh, they're facing Vegas. Vegas is obviously, we talked about, is one of the worst defenses in all of football. Uh, and you know what? Jones is not a good quarterback. He really isn't. But he's actually done okay when he's faced bad defenses, well, like the Minnesota Vikings a couple weeks ago. Uh, plus, the Raiders just allowed Baker Mayfield on two days of being with the team to look like an all-pro. Yeah. So we don't match. Um, my value play is New York Jets quarterback. <laughs> Whoever's going to start. Do we know who's going to start yet? I don't think we do. Whoever's um, going to start. Uh, it, it, I think that uh, Sala came out today and said that barring a setback in practice this week, Mike White will start again this week. Then it's Mike White. But if there's a setback and it's Joe Flacco, then it's Joe Flacco. And if it's, um, what's his name, you know, the top pick, then so Exactly, they- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'll take the Jets quarterback. That's who I'll value play this week. Yeah, and again, I don't mind that. I think that obviously can run the ball a little bit easier against Detroit than throw it. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins just threw for 400 yards in a shootout with them. I, I don't perceive this game being a shootout. Obviously, I think that Goff's going to come back down to earth facing that Jets secondary. So yeah. this game might be a little bit lower scoring, which kind of segued me a little bit away from that. Obviously, I feel better if Mike White's out there and and Mike White, like I said, is obviously proving he's a tough guy. He can take that hit. He can. He was speared in half. I mean, it looked like Bill Goldberg out there delivering a hit to him. It did. I actually watched the Goldberg thing, knife or die or something today, so it's funny that you said that. Um, all right, so and, and the value play stunk at quarterback. So I think It really does. Um, who are you going to pay for? Who, let's run over to running back. Who are you going to pay up for at running back? Okay, running back, it was a uh, – Another situation where I kind of like a couple guys up top, but uh, I settled on Derrick Henry at the Chargers. He's 8,000 on DraftKings, 8,900 on FanDuel. He got back on track last week versus a relatively weak Jaguar run defense. Uh, But now he's facing a defense that's actually worse than the Jaguars. They've allowed six different backs to top 20 PPR points this season already. Oh, man, Henry should feast this week, which probably means that he'll not have another stinker. (laughs) <laughs> well, well, if he does, he's having it for both of us because that's who I'm paying up for also. Um, yeah, I think we're past some, some of the Henry, Henry doldrums. He took advantage of a good matchup. I think he takes another, advantage of another good matchup this week. So we match there. 
Uh, I'm actually staying in that game for my stay away, and that's I'm staying away from Austin Eckler, who's at 8,500 on DraftKings, 8,700 on FanDuel. Uh, Saquon Barkley crushed the Tennessee run defense back in week one, but since then, only Samaje Pirine filling in for Joe Mixon has posted an above-average fantasy game against the Tennessee run defense. This includes them keeping noted PPR back Travis Etienne completely in check last week, despite the fact that Jacksonville was blowing them out. They couldn't get their running game going against Tennessee. Uh, so uh, that's why Trevor Lawrence threw for so many yards in that game was because they couldn't run the ball. And that's kind of been the formula for Tennessee's defense all season. Abysmal pass defense, very, very good run defense. So, again, I'm staying away from Eckler as the highest-priced guy on the board. I, I can see that. Um, not who I, I'm staying away from. Actually, the first – let me ask you a question. In the Las Vegas game, Bill takes away one weapon. Who's he taking away? Is he taking away the run, or is he taking away Devontae Adams? I assume Devontae Adams. I assume the run. Initially. That's why I wrote Josh Jacobs down first. But then I went, yeah, no, I think maybe, maybe there's a chance he does focus on, on – um, Adams and makes them run and try to commit to a hobbled Jacobs. Man, he looked like dead man walking the other day at the end of that game. Um, and then I wound up writing, writing down a guy who is not Samaj P. Ryan. It's Joe Mixon. He's got a horrible matchup against a team that's given up the 30th few, for 30th fewest points to fantasy running backs. And you have to worry that, you know what, if the game gets out of hand this, that, or the other, but how much time does P. Ryan still cipher from him a little bit, siphon from him. From well, and I think with the injuries to the wide receiver core there, too, we may actually see both of them on the field some yeah. with either P. Ryan or Chris Evans lining up uh, as like a slot receiver. Very possible. So because of that, I, I, I wasn't really enamored with, oh, I got to stay away from this guy, but I, I want to pick a mix in as my stay away. Okay. Uh, this may be a week we match on value play. Um, my, my value play is going to be Kansas City's running back number one, and that's Jarek Jack McKinnon. 5,200 on DraftKings, 6,200 on FanDuel. He's cheaper in price on both sites than Isaiah Pacheco, and he's a running back facing Houston. That's all you got to say. I, I do like that. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I was too fixated on Pacheco, I guess, and so his price wasn't that cheap, so I just moved past that. I, I like that, actually. Um, I landed on a team that's one game out of first place in their division, and they run the ball well. Um, I'm not sure why they ran the ball the way they did this week in the second half, specifically in the fourth quarter, um, but I wrote down two names. I almost went the team route and said, this team's running back, um, but I believe both of them touched the ball enough. I wrote them both down. I crossed off the second one. I'm going to my first guy. I'm going to have Deontay Foreman as my value play, but I will not fault anybody that wants to go Chubba Hubbard instead. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of injury terrorism with Foreman coming out of the game. Yeah, uh, I think that's kind of why they were like going back and forth between the two. And they, but realistically, they're kind of going back and forth between the two for the last couple three weeks. So uh, I, I don't mind Foreman. I don't mind Hubbard. I think they're both playable this week. Uh, well, particularly on a slightly smaller slate. And if Foreman winds up not playing because of the injury, right? We'll know that in advance. I, I, I think he's going to play. I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's really an issue of like, will he not play? Managing. It. I'm just a little concerned that that it's going to be managed exactly. Yeah. yeah. But if something happens, and like I said, you know, because it could happen, tweaking in practice or whatever, then I have no problem saying Chubba's it. But no match. But that's okay. Let's go on over to the wide receiver spot. Who are you paying up for at wide receiver? 
well, I mentioned earlier that I was concerned about the offense of this team because of all the injuries at the wide receiver position. Uh, the guy I'm going to pay up for is the last man standing, Jamar Chase at Tampa Bay. He's 8,300 on DraftKings, 9,000 on FanDuel. It seems as if Cincinnati, it looks like they're going to be without Tyler Boyd, who's got a broken finger. Uh, we don't know T. Higgins' status. I mean, he was a complete vanish last week. Uh, it sounds like there was some sort of injury uh, terrorism there as well. There Hayden Hurst is doubtful already for next week. Uh, with all three of those guys hurt or missing most of last week's game, Chase got 15 targets. Now, this is he's facing a Tampa Bay team that just got exploited in the passing game by Brock Purdy. Yeah. Joe Burrow's got to be licking his chops. Jamar Chase has got to be licking his chops. Hell, consider Trenton Irwin or Trent Taylor as potential deep dive punt plays, particularly if both Boyd and Higgins are out. So I don't hate that call, quite honestly, but I looked at it. I just, that's what I was worried about. The only option, and I know Tampa's got some issues in their secondary right now, and even issues up front at Vita Vea can't go. Um, but that's not who my pay up was. I saved a little bit of money if I remember correctly. Cause remember I'm not looking at the price sheet. Um, I went with Keenan Allen. I, I did another stack. I'm stacking my quarterback and my wide receiver. Maybe I stacked the wrong yeah, wide Keenan receiver, Allen, but no, I don't mind that. All you're Keenan Allen. You're saving $1,500 on DraftKings. You're saving a thousand dollars on FanDuel. I don't love the $8,000 price on FanDuel because, uh, he doesn't catch as many touchdown passes per se as other premier wide receivers, more that that uh, point-per-reception receiving guy, which obviously gives him more value on DraftKings where you get the full point-per-reception versus FanDuel as well. So I don't love the I don't love the FanDuel price for Allen. I do like the DraftKings price, so it's 6800 Okay. Who are we staying away from? I think that we're going to match here. Uh, I'm going to stay away from a guy that I've been pimping a lot lately, and that's Amon Ross St. Brown oh. at New York facing the Jets. The, I really think the Detroit offense is going to come back to earth here. There's going to be elements in play with the weather out in New York this weekend. And the, the Jets secondary has proven to be very, very elite. Uh, and it's not just Sauce Gardner. They're getting it done on both sides of the field right now. So I don't, I don't see them maneuvering Amon Ross St. Brown enough to get him the value that his price tag, which is 7800 on DraftKings, 8400 on FanDuel is commanding. He's fourth highest price guy on DraftKings. He is the fourth highest price guy on FanDuel. So I looked at him. I did not like the matchup, but that is not who I put down as my stay away. Um, I almost feel prescient that I, I have this guy as my stay away because knowing what we know happened tonight, I had already had DeAndre Hopkins as somebody I wasn't going to play next week facing, I believe it's the Denver team that's given up the fewest points to the fantasy wide receiver position. Yeah, he gets the Patrick Sertain treatment this yeah, coming week. And, and now you add in Colt McCoy instead of Kyler Murray, it just, I still feel good about that. Maybe it feels like a cheat since Kyler's out, but that's who my stay away is. Well, again, we're talking about those high priced guys at wide receiver this week. And I said earlier, I'm avoiding the wide receiver position in the Sunday slate, uh, paying up for him because guys like Adams. <coughs> you all right there? Yes. Okay. I, I just like Adams so much, he sent me into a choking fit. Yeah, there you go. <coughs> okay, I'm back now. That's me. Uh, doing, Adams, Hopkins, that's me, that's me doing voodoo. That's me doing voodoo on you for not agreeing with me. That's all. I mean, T. Higgins, like he's he's seventh price, highest price guy again. We don't know if he's going to play. Um, not not a good week for paying up at wide receiver. No, not at all. Um, Except for Jamar Chase and Keenan Allen. 
Um, and Keenan Allen. What's what's Mike Williams' price? I, I can't look at it. Uh, Keenan Allen is sixty eight hundred and eight thousand. Mike Williams is sixty three hundred and seventy two hundred. That seventy two hundred on FanDuel screams like a value to me. Yeah, so maybe take and split them both because I definitely think that Herbert's going to have a pretty big day. Um, all right, I had a tough time with my my value play. Who, who did you wind up landing on for your value play? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna chase some points here. I'm gonna chase points with a guy that I played a ton in daily fantasy this week, and he had an absolutely just bomb day, and that's Chris Moore versus Kansas City. Again, he helped secure me some money in this weekend's games by just going berserko without Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins active. Uh, I'm assuming Cooks is going to miss more time. I, I don't think Cooks comes back this year. I don't either. Uh, Nico Collins may come back this year, uh, but he's they, ha- they haven't rumor- ruled one way or the other on this week yet. But if both of those two are out, Moore gets a huge play against a KC team that is vulnerable in the secondary. And you know that Houston is going to be playing from behind. Garbage time, right? Um, There's going to be a lot of garbage time. Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett. Uh, you got some options. Jordan Akins is a possible deep dive tight end that you might want to play. Because, again, yep. Houston is going to have to throw the ball. Uh, Damian Pierce is hurt. He may not play in this game. Correct. Uh, <laughs> not that it's really going to matter because they're going to be chasing the 30-point loss. Yes, very true. Um, <laughs> so the first name I wrote down was not Moore. Um, I wanted to stack. And the first name I wrote down was Elijah Moore. But I crossed him off and put the other Moore. So we've got a match at value play, believe it or not. No way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, Chris, Chris Moore was one of those guys that, as the news came out later in the week, that Nico Collins was not playing as well. And I, I would have re- gladly recommended playing Nico Collins going into this game had he played. But as soon as the word came out that both Collins and Cooks were going to miss the game, I was like, give me all the shares of Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett I can get my hands on. And Moore absolutely reaped. Yep. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. That's four. That's 11. Two for push. We got to run the table at tight end for the over. We're running over on time, too, so it's fitting. Who are you paying up for at the tight end spot? Uh, I'm going to pay up for the fourth highest priced guy on the board on FanDuel and the, I'm, I'm sorry, the second highest priced guy on FanDuel and the third highest priced guy on DraftKings. That's Dalton Schultz. He's yes. 4,400 and 6,500. Uh, Schultz is facing a Jacksonville team that over their last six games, they've allowed 37 receptions, 509 receiving yards, and four touchdowns to the tight end position. Oh, they also get a couple of two-point conversions to the position too. So we have a match. A lot of stats by Jacksonville. We have a match. We have a match. We have a match. Um, yeah, I felt guilty putting a guy up there as a payup that's that cheap, but it's all relative, I guess. Who are you staying away from? Again, second, second highest price on FanDuel. Yeah, who are you staying away from? Uh, the highest price guy on both slates, and that's Travis Kelsey at Houston. Uh, the matchup is okay. Uh, Houston's actually allowed the fewest passing touchdowns this season. I was, uh, I, I was shocked when I read that earlier today. I kind of had to do a double take, but it's the truth. That's because teams don't have to throw the ball against them too much. Uh, but again, I think Kelsey will do okay. He'll probably have like six catches for 60 yards, maybe a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is he's going to be out by halftime. 
Yeah, I get it. So um, you know me. I don't pay up for the, t- the most expensive guy. I'm usually going to stay away from him. But Kelsey was not the first name I wrote down. Um, I wrote down Fryermuth, who's facing a team that's like 30th in points allowed to the tight end position. But then I felt guilty, and I was like, no, I don't want to leave any doubt. So I went to Kelsey because you can't pay up for him on what he's expected to play and at his price. There's just It's not a good play. Yes. Well, we need one more for the over. We have the push. It could happen. I don't think it's um, going to. <laughs> I'm almost going to guarantee uh, it's not going to. Well, there's a certain trend that's happened all season, and that is that the Arizona Cardinals have had a difficulty covering tight ends. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to take the tight end starting against Arizona, and that's Greg Dolchich. He's 3,600 on DraftKings, 5,600 on FanDuel. is so a little bit high for a value, but again, Anytime you get a tight end that's right around the $5,000 mark, that's kind of their baseline there. Uh, Dulcich is one of the few bright spots in Denver's offense. And with Russell Wilson likely missing this game due to the concussion protocol, I, I have to assume that they will uh, uh, be a little bit more smooth. I, I hate to say it because, I mean, this is Russell Wilson, but I think that the offense is going to be a little bit more smooth without him on the field. I guess that's possible. So you want to know why I knew we weren't matching? I went off the reservation. Ooh. I didn't see the guy listed. You chose Travis Kelsey also as your value play now. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I went off the reservation. I didn't see this guy on the list. Ah. Where Where do you have the tight end for the Titans? Oconquo, if I'm saying his name right. Uh, is he on the slate? I think he, he should be on the slate. slate. Derrick Henry's on the slate. so. Let me see here what's going on with that. Why he didn't make my list. He should be on the list now if he's on the slate. Um, Maybe I missed him. Maybe I just didn't see him. No, I'm I'm looking right now myself to see why he didn't make the list cut here. Because he definitely should. He's 3,100 on DraftKings. And he is... Cue up the background. Uh, 5,100 on FanDuel. Yeah, he definitely should be on the list. And I apologize if he isn't. Oh, there he is. Yeah, it's Chigakonkwo. He's... uh, in the number 14 slot, it looks like, a uh, number 15 slot on your spreadsheet. Oh, so 3,100, 5,100. So I just missed him then when I looked for him. I thought I went off the reservation. You may, you may have been looking for, uh, you may, if you did a search on Chicosium versus just Chig. No. Uh, you might <laughs> I was looking for okay. <laughs> I just missed him then. Um, no, he's my play-up. He's, he's seen an expanded role, expanded everything, and I, I like the matchup, and I definitely like the price, so... I figure let's roll the dice. Uh, I 100% agree with you. Uh, other guys in that same price range, if he's recovered enough, uh, Juwan Johnson coming off the bye, he's facing Atlanta. Very, very good matchup for him there. Uh, Hunter Henry with New England going up against Vegas. Good matchup in that price range again. Uh, so there's options for value tight ends this week. And again, I mean, yeah. Dalton Schultz at 4,400, who was our payup on both of our uh, lists here. He could have been the value That's player. kind of a value price, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you may get you get four times, five times value on him. There's no way you can argue that it's not a value. So, um, anyway, well, there you go. Well, we hit the push, and that means we hit the over on the on the main slate. Hit the un, we hit under on the other slate. So I guess what two out of three we hit? No, one out of three. Oh well, whatever. Um, good week. Anyway, I guess what we'll do is we'll wrap up 
saying that we went long, very long. Our bosses will probably yell at us, but no, they won't really. Um, in any event, you have any questions, you need help for your Scott Fishbowl if you're still in that, reach out to Harley at Nuclear Harley. Have DFS questions, reach out to Harley at Nuclear Harley. Have any regular fantasy questions, reach out to Harley at Nuclear Harley. And you can do the same with me at Steve Gallo NFL. And, of course, we've got all kinds of wonderful resources, rankings, you name it, at thehuddle.com. And as we approach Christmas and we approach our finals and, and championships and all that stuff, if you want to celebrate early, that's fine. Go ahead. Do it. Just make sure that you get blitz responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.